Sup, brah. Sup, John. Yo, you, you check out that gnar today? Aw, uh, I scoped the gnar, brah. Did you scope the gnar? Bro, that gnar was so tube. Like, so tube. I had to go get some new wax, brah. Oh, dude, don't talk to me about wax, brah. There was a total pud there, like, at the wax shop, and he no. was, like, harshing my steez. Yeah, like, he was harshing my steez, dude. Like a pud pud? Bud. Dude, the puddest of puds. Like, <laughs> this is hard. I don't know surfer lingo. <laughs> My name is Mark Bra. <laughs> nah, Welcome bra, back to the Dangle cool. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidest bra, intro ever. Bra. I make a big point of being new and different, and this is what we do. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Dangle the Dangle Podcast. This is a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy. Uh, brah, I'm Kelly Slater. I'm Kelly Slater, brah. Brah. Oh, wait, no, it's it's Johnny. Aren't you that kid I paid to hassle a 10-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> no, brah. Kelly Slater, brah. <laughs> Stupidest <laughs> intro ever. It's all staying in. Johnny. Yes, it is. How are you, buddy? Good, good, doing? Mark. What the hell is this? Uh, this is the Dangle Podcast. This here, uh, King of the Hill Podcast, where we, uh, Mark and Johnny, talk about two episodes of King of the Hill, that beloved Mike Judge animated classic. Uh, Johnny is on his second boot of beer. It's a good day for beer. So, sorry if he gets a little squirrely today, guys. It's going to be great. Uh, but yeah, we, t- we talk about two episodes of King of the Hill. We are currently in season 12. Uh, we're going to talk about what we like, what we don't like, what uh, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, how annoyed we get with stupid characters and how these season 12 writers have just continued to bury our favorites. Mark, where are we starting <laughs> Literally. Today? Literally and figuratively. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, yeah. no. To, to be fair, we liked Powderpuff Boys kind of. Well, no, we didn't. Uh, well, we we liked. Uh, no, 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 we didn't. No, we didn't. Um, to be fair, we liked. Oh, uh, no, no, we didn't. We <laughs> to liked be the first fair. two. We, we really. We really liked. I'm sure somewhere we liked one of these episodes. I don't. I think uh, we might. I know have we like Sanjay Shaw. That's where I'm at. Is I know we liked Sanjay Shah, Sanjay Shah a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Where are we starting today, buddy? Oh, today we are starting with four wave intersection. Yes, we are. Episode two hundred and seventeen, four wave intersection. We have an original air date of October fourteenth, two thousand and seven. Happy belated birthday, Mark. This is uh, New Time writers Judah and Murray Miller. I do believe they might be related to each other. Just just got a hinking. Hink, hinking? No. An inkling. Thank you. Inkling. inkling? <laughs> sorry, I, sorry. Second boot of beer, guys. I already told you. I gave you fair warning. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, Judah, that's what happens when Hank gets suspicious. It's a hinkling. It's a hinkling, yes. Um... <laughs> Judah and Murray Miller, I believe this is their debut. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. We haven't seen them before, right? Nope, 100%. No, this is their first episode, but they also Sweet. write um, the one following this, Death Picks Cotton. Yes, as I say, we get we, we get a double double fisting of Judah and Murray today, so let's hope uh, let's hope they can leave a good impression with us. Um, our cast of characters for Four Wave Intersection, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, the one and only Boom Hauer, Connie Supanusimpone, Joseph Gribble, Con Supanusimpone, 
Bodie, Harky, Luann Platter, Tim, and Corpus Christi Surfer Bra. Yeah. <laughs> it's some good stuff. Um, So we have uh, some guest stars here. Bodie is our one and only favorite David Herman. That's pretty gnar. Um, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tim shares the same voice actor as our one and only Bill Dotrieve. So that's that's nothing new for us. But Harky. The little kid that's like hassling Bobby and Joseph, and he's like Bodie's little little shit kid. He uh, he's a guy named Josh Keaton. You recognize the name Josh Keaton? I do not. Why should I? Uh, you should because he was in a Disney movie when you and I were growing up. He is the voice of the one and only Hercules. Oh. Yeah, he oh, was young Hercules in, in that. Uh, he did a whole bunch of other stuff, guys. Like he, he's. I think his earliest credits were like soaps. I want to say he was on uh, General Hospital as his very first credit. Uh, he did a bunch of oh, wow. um, um, uh, like bit work here, like you know, like an episode of CSI here and an episode of SVU there, like that sort of shit. Uh, procedural. So he's work. getting work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's done a decent amount of voice acting. I want to say he came back and did Young Younger Hercules for the animated TV series. It was on the Disney Afternoon. Don't quote me on that. Mm. I might just be looking at shit wrong. Anyway, Josh Keaton, everybody. We get to hear him as Harky this week. All right, uh, synopsis. The kids of Rainy Street want to spend their summer at the water park, but they need Boomhauer's help when they get hassled by the locals, brah. And Bill gets melanoma and a self-esteem boost. <laughs> It's the only way I can describe that B story, right? Uh, a story, Bobby, Connie, Joseph, uh, Boom, Howard, Tangential, Hank, Tangential. B story is all Bill. This was an interesting episode. It made me really miss um, dear friend of the show. I have no idea if she listens, but I really hope she does because I cannot think about Waterworld without thinking of our good friend Chelsea. Chelsea, we miss well, you. We miss you, Chelsea. <laughs> it really, really made me miss uh, uh, Waterworld birthday parties. Um, those are yeah. some good times. Fuck yeah! It, I don't know if I've ever. It, Waterworld is like the scum of the earth. Like it's the worst fucking place in the world, and yet it's always so damn fun. Um, Mark, give me some of your notes, man. Let's let's jump right into this because I need a drink, and so you should talk. Shut bro. Shut <laughs> bro. Let's rip this pickle. I'm Kelly Slater, I'm bro. A bad surfer. <laughs> I'm Kelly Slater, bro. Uh, first note. Ugh, I hate this one. Oh no! Just, Starting strong. I remember everybody. this one. Starting strong. I, I I know. I know. Retrospective rewatch. King of the yada yada. Whatever. Uh, this is one of those ones that I remember being bad when I watched it the first. I remember watching this in college. Um, okay. Because like this is when we. This was right before like theater shit started, so we still had nights off, and I remember watching this. And I'm like, wow, that was something. Um. It's all right, though. I got some other notes in that. Um, Bobby's gut sweat when they're sitting on the couch. It's a really nice touch. Just a really nice animation touch. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. They didn't need to animate yeah. that. And yet, Bobby would absolutely be the kid that has that there. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I thought I was like, okay, that's cool. It's been a damn minute since we saw the kids doing something. Like, and yeah. I'm not talking about, like, you know powder puff football or like rebelling against soda machines i mean like the 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 rainy street three if you will it's been a minute since we saw them rolling around together well especially outside of a school setting yes yes absolutely it's kind of yeah it's nice to see him again yeah yeah 
Um, when it is all three of them, how, too. Usually we get them split off in pairs. Yeah, but, like, I don't remember the last time we saw Bobby and Connie doing anything together. Right. Okay. I mean, I guess why would we? But still, like, I don't know. Um, How the hell does Bill not know how to change a tire? Get out of my notes. <laughs> Sorry. I... <laughs> Gaping, or get out of my cons, I should say. In this broadsided shipwreck of an episode. No, you're you're absolutely right. Like we know that he is somewhat competent, or at least at one point was somewhat competent. I mean, shit, the dude knows how to drive a tank drunk as drunk as a skunk. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a big. That's a, that was a big one for I, me too. I imagine driving a tank drunk would be pretty easy. You just point and roll. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, mitigating of destruction, notwithstanding. I don't I don't know. Um, why is Peggy using a fork and knife to eat her manwich at dinner? That was a weird scene. I didn't not a weird that, scene. It was just a weird, weird moment. Yeah, it's that one. It's, um, it's the hills. They're sitting there eating dinner. And Peggy's got a fork and knife. It was, just, I don't know. I was just like, what? That tells you how much I like this episode. I'm looking at dinnerware instead of like... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I want to say she she uh, didn't want to to do her what it what is it like monster jaw attack on the man witch that she taught her her cross dressing cross dressing friend <laughs> that she taught Jamie yes <laughs> or Carolyn whoever you I guess Carolyn Carolyn thank you she thank was you, Carolyn, Carolyn with Peggy Jamie with Hank anyway um yeah <laughs> that's okay because <laughs> it scares Hank that's why. <laughs> because Bobby stayed up late, because Bobby stayed up late late and watched Alien on AMC, and the Xenomorph mouth freaks him out, and he like had a panic attack one day eating club sandwiches, just noticing, oh god, mom's gonna have a second mouth. <laughs> um, this is our twelfth season of King of the Hill. This is episode what two hundred and seventeen something seventeen. Out of 217 episodes, I think we can safely say that 20 of those have a Bill-centric plot. Is this the worst, most irritating, annoying Bill episode? Uh, this is the most forgettable to me, honestly. It's not the worst. It's just the most, like, you could take this away, and I could never see it again, and I wouldn't even remember I missed it. Yeah. It's... So, I mean, that that is kind of a qualifier, yeah. though, for a worst episode, right? Like, if it leaves that much impression on me then that's not good. You know, I, I guess I'd rather, if you feel full, you can feel something. <laughs> to quote, I'm with Cupid. Like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even feel full. I feel empty and vaguely sunburnt, but also as a Greek man, I don't get sunburnt, so I can't really sympathize. Sorry, y'all. God, that animation is so painful. It's that is it's not a pro for me, but that's a side pro. Is God damn, he looks good. He doesn't look good. <laughs> the it looks terrible, but it looks so good. How bad yeah. he looks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are my notes. What do you got for me, buddy? Um, first one here. I miss when a summer heat wave was an uncommon thing, and that we didn't just live and exist in a time <laughs> period where summer is constantly a hundred fucking degrees for eight goddamn months out of the year. Um. Yeah, I really miss that. I, as a kid, it definitely didn't feel like I was constantly like just dying and un like like unable to do anything outside. Yeah, we had a couple of days where it was just like, oh, this is unbearable. I have to go to the pool. 
but it wasn't every day like it is now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I miss that. Uh, when was the last time you and I got a Boomhauer backstory bit? Like, I think Patch Boomhauer was the last time, right? Yeah, I want to say. Like... At least of anything of significance. It was that one or the one where he's dating the one girl and she breaks his heart. Um, not the not the ice cream lady, but the other the other lady. Yeah. Yeah. The rich one and Bill steals her panties. They hang out right. in the pool. Yeah. I right. just cannot Dangle, remember and, that one. Dangle Love, no, I think it's Patch, called. Dangle Love, thank you. Yes. And when Patch Boomhauer was after that one. But yeah, so it's it's been and Patch Boomhauer was like I think our season ten opener. So we've gone almost two full seasons without really I mean, we pointed this out a couple episodes ago that Boomhauer, we he's just kind of fallen off the face of the earth. He's there in the back, and we're lucky to get a, a line out of him anymore. And when we do, shit, you and I celebrate that. So it's it's kind of cool to see him get integrated into this A story so well. I think he has written really well into this. Um, I'm going to blow your damn mind here. Patch Boomhauer was the season eight opener. Fuck me. It's season eight? Okay. <laughs> I knew it I was a, a our, season opener. I pulled up our sheet, yeah. I knew it was a season opener. I did not think it was all the way back at eight. Wow. That was a third of our yeah. entire, like, run ago. Great. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, Patch Boomhauer came out ja- on, on our end, came out January 20th, 2023. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I know. That was this year in January. Holy shit. Guys, okay, it's been eight cool. months since we've had a, a like a, a legitimate fucking Boomhauer story. So here we go. <laughs> and even then, this is like half a one. It's not even a full one. Who would you argue is the A story here? It's Boomhauer, right? He is, this it's, is a, this is a Boomhauer, Boomhauer episode framed around the kids. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the kids give him his reason to kind of like get back into things. But yeah, it's, it starts with the Daisy Dukes and then it keeps going with the air hockey. And then we finally get to the, the pinnacle with, oh yeah, you used to be a surfer and we need your help. Cause he used to be a surfer and he totally just like tanks it hard. Um, mm-hmm. so this is a Boomhauer a story. He is, I think he is the primary. I'm going to amend my my previous statement that Bobby, Connie, and Joseph are the A story here because it's really not. They're the drivers for it. Yeah. I, I just thinking about it, like this is this is a Boomhauer episode. So mm-hmm. huh. Huh. look at us making revelations and shit. Good shit. Um anyway, yeah, it's just I thought it was interesting to call out we haven't we we still like Boomhauer is still such a mystery to so many people that watch King of the Hill because there's so little information about him and his life. We know he's got a Mima. We know that he's got a brother that's a total fucking skis. Um, he loved His one woman. His parents won the lottery or in Florida. Yep. Right? Um, he, he loved one woman one time, and when that just didn't fucking work out, he's been a total man whore ever since. We know that he is a Texas Ranger and that he likes fast cars. Like, there's very little that we know. We could, we could The book of Boomhauer would be one chapter versus what we know on Dale and Bill and Hank would be like novels. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's also my theory that he was in love with Peggy. Interesting. Okay. Oh, remember, I forget which one it was. Um, they talk about like, Oh, you, you've done Peggy since high school, Boomhauer. And like, he gets that weird look on his face and it's like, yeah, it's cause they dated one time. 
<laughs> I still have the theory that Peggy and Boomhauer fucked him, like, the one time, and she just could not tell Hank. But that's, Is that Wayne that's me. Trotter? That's just Mark being weird. No, no, no. Is Wayne Trotter's Pe- still there, too. Is, is Wayne just, Trotter an anagram for, for Boomhauer? <laughs> yes, Wayne Trotter is an anagram for Jeff Boomhauer. All those T's just and disappear. W's. <laughs> and Y's. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 hey, hey, what's Boomhauer's first name, John? Jeffrey. Yeah, what's Bobby's, like, assumed name that Peggy wanted to name him? Jeffrey. <laughs> okay, we gotta stop. We are just as bad as the subreddit at this point. Oh, fuck uh, yeah. Keep going with your notes. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, next note here. This is a PSA for everybody listening to this. At least, if, fuck, if you're anywhere near me, it's it's stupidly hot right now. For some fucking reason, in September, it's still getting up to 30 degrees Celsius. Um, Guys, heat stroke is super dangerous. Like, super dangerous. Please, it... Bring a fucking water bottle with you everywhere you go. Even warm water will help you. Uh, but you need to stay hydrated. Heat stroke is super fucking dangerous. And the fact of the matter is, Bill is like the most unhealthy person in this entire show, just about. Like, he just would die. We wouldn't have Bill anymore. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna play the the what's De- the phrase death I'm picks looking for? D- here? Dotrieve? I don't De- I don't know. Death Dotrieve. No, we're going to play, um, we're going to suspend our disbelief that Bill didn't fucking die on the side of the highway because he chose to stand out there under the fucking sun and get him, give himself a coronary. Um, but we're going to say, please, 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 if you're going to be out in the sun and doing anything active, bring your fucking water. Heat stroke is terrible. And my last note here, I've already hit it about six goddamn times this episode, but I feel like it's necessary to bring back how awesome Kelly Slater is. Kelly Slater, bro. I'm Kelly Slater. <laughs> Kelly Slater, bro. You, he's you not mentioned even mentioned him. in this episode. You, no, he's not. <laughs> but like, he's probably he's arguably the most famous fucking surfer of all time, just about. And except oh, yeah. for that one oh, girl yeah. that lost her arm to a shark or some shit. And against all odds, she still stayed pretty. Yeah, exactly that one. Um, but I guys go back and listen to Mark talk about Kelly Slater in our episode about that. Thanks, oh, boy. God. Thank you. Hank's bully in Hank's bully. And um, like, listen, to all the cool shit that Mark looked up about Kelly Slater. The dude is a damn national treasure. Um, really? We is, really yeah. should all strive to be more like Kelly Slater, bro. Give me, <laughs> give me your pros. Cause otherwise I'm just going to start going into surfer lingo again. Sure, bro. Pros. I, uh, Boom Hella's undies, hella lit, fam. That's not surfer talk, is it? I like Boom Hauer's underwear. I I know it's a reoccurring joke. And then I really got to thinking. So, Hank wears boxers to cool off his testicles. Um, We know Bill wears whitey tidies, I'm assuming. Well, no, we do. No, he wears boxers, too. Um, yeah. Dale wears the mankini, and Boom Hauer wears animal print. Um, We know what all the guys' underwear looks like, and that's weird. It is a little strange. Con. Con. I know I can picture the guys in their underwear. Con for Mark. Oh, and Dale in his horrible little tidy whities in the shower. Crying. Yes. Yeah, if he's not wearing also his mankini, also... it's tidy whities Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Joseph, don't you think it's time you went home? I can't, dude. My dad turned the heat up. He keeps talking about <laughs> fighting fire with or fire or something. That's great. I, yep. That was really good. That was a, it's, it's okay. So like that right there, that kind of like just changes my rating on this 
in its in and of itself, it's an amazing Dale joke that doesn't come out of Dale. So we're using Dale well, and it's completely plausible. You you get yes. a notch up in my book. Oh, it's and it's perfect, and the way Joseph delivers it because it's just like, I should have known better, but I had to try and do it, dude. <laughs> it's good. It's it's a really good bit. I like uh, depressed Boomhauer. I really like him. Um, I I know you you shouldn't like it when people are sad, but. You know, there's the bit, and he's, like, washing his car, and the girls walk by. Yup. Nice Daisy Dukes. And they laugh at him and walk away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, he, him just, so like, you... sitting there looking at his fish, drinking wine out of the bottle. Like, he, he makes you, as I say, he makes you really feel in this episode, and that that should be appreciated. Um, It's not often that we, like, have that sort of empathy for our, our characters that we watch in a TV show. Especially one that has such little to say as Boomhauer. You know, I look at this one versus um. Oh, the prom one with Luann. We just watched it. I just got mad at it. Luann <laughs> gets lucky, right? That was the prom one. Y- yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah that that one like that one where like Luann is mad because she doesn't get a prom, and so we are made to be sympathetic to her, and we're not. We you and I were upset about that one, versus this one. It's like. Nah, Boomhauer's getting older. He's not the same dude he was. And I don't know. It's just interesting to me how how this is like the same kind of premise kind of sort of, but at the same time, like, this is just a better one. Okay. I don't know. Just, you know, the I don't know. Between two characters, like, either trying to recapture youth or get it in the first place? I'm not really sure. I don't know. Maybe there's more thinking needs done on that. Maybe this episode is better than I gave it credit for. Okay. Hmm. Hey, we can always come around Screw on it. Screw you, Millers. Yeah, I don't know. How about you, buddy? What are your pros? Um, Boomhauer and Cutoffs, the confidence he must have. That's a huge pro. Um, we, <laughs> we've... When you look back at all the things we do know about Mr. Boomhauer, it, confidence has always been a signature of him. It's why he continues to go and ask girls until he gets it, it, like gets shot down and shot down and shot down until he finally gets a, a date. You know, he plays the numbers game. You've got to have good confidence here. He's about the only person in the alley that I could see with the confidence enough to come out wearing Daisy Duke cutoffs and go, yep, I'm not even I, like it's not even that I'm I'm wearing these for comfort because at one point it is comfort. No, I'm going to flaunt them and I'm going to, you know. Wash my car and make sure you know I'm in cutoffs because I am just that confident. Big pro to me. Nobody else in the alley would have done that. Um, no. The kid, the pro here, the kid conspiracy theories about the theme park rides. That felt so real to me. At, at least like, mm. not necessarily something I heard, but it's definitely something I saw during my time growing up on TV. You would see kids say, oh yeah, you know, so and so went into this haunted house and it it scared him so much that it that he died or like um like he had to go to the hospital or something like that. You go to a theme park, you go to a ride, you go and do some sort of of event and there's like you find one 8-year-old kid that's had a crazy experience with it and it's going to start a rumor that every 8-year-old kid within a 30-mile radius is going to hear. <laughs> so yeah. the kids sitting there talking about like I heard that you know, one kid just rolled down it and he and he just died. Like he just disappeared. You never they never found him again. All they found was his was his swim trunks because he went so fast. <laughs> I I love that. I miss being able to have like that sort of wonderment at the world and not knowing that everything is weird and finite and everything has a fucking rule. 
Um, another pro. This is like an, a 1980s like ski film, you know. Um, you've got the crusty yeah. old dude that yeah. just has to take control of of the, the of the mountain, and you've got the fun loving locals that don't want it to get shut down. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes in and they do a challenge, and I I can't not think of the ski trip uh, ski trip episode of Always Sunny when I think of that because it's like the best. It's just the fucking best. <laughs> that one or the South Park episode that makes fun of it when they go to Aspen. Aspen? Yes. yes. That, that was what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that that's a huge pro to me because it's it's like a, a twist on that because obviously they're not going skiing in Texas. But yeah, this makes sense. Um, there's a lot of feels in this episode and they do a really, really good job at making me feel emotions. Boomhauer sitting in the sand at Corpus Christi and just kind of like thinking back on what he used to do and the sort of fun he used to have and watching the one kid like go out there in the shortboard, go on and making a new friend, you know? Yeah. That that made me feel really good for a while because it's like you can sit there and you can you can reminisce and enjoy and remember just how much fun you did have at something. And yeah, it's sad that it's over because for, for the most part, yeah, it's over. Boomhauer's not going to go out and, and surf every weekend. We all know that. But he can enjoy and appreciate what he did do at Corpus Christi and can enjoy the fact that people are still doing it out there, like this kid on the shortboard. So, yeah, that was a I really like that me. bit when he goes to Corpus Christi. That's a really cool scene. I, I, yeah. As much shit as I'm talking about this episode, that's a really good scene. When it's really pretty. Yeah, it is. Like, it, it, how gross it is. Like, and he remembers when he was, you know, the boom kahuna and the boom kahuna. then it cuts to and then it cuts to like the busted ass corpus christi sign and like the beach is kind of grody but like there's that little kid that kid is the future and it's and he's cool still out there like, enjoying it yeah and he's just he doesn't know any better this is it's cool i like it a lot i also like side pro they didn't like i like that the kid can't talk normal and i like that boomhauer can't talk normal and yeah there's an understanding there, but I also like how the kid is completely differently animated. I don't know. I I feel like so often it's just so easy to make the kid that you're talking to the reflection of your inner youth. You know what I mean? And with right. this, they could have they could have turned not. him into Kid Hauer. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would have had blonde hair, and you would have been like, "Wait, is that a bastard? Did, was Boom Hauer here ten years or thirteen years ago, and that's why he quit surfing?" Right. Which I guess would have been a better subplot, but still, like. I, I like I like how they did that. I'm sorry, I totally like steamrolled you there. No, 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 no. Like, uh, thank you for the extra input there. That scene to me, it's it's probably the most memorable scene of this entire episode. I don't give a shit about any of the time they're at the water park. I don't really give a shit about any of the heat waver stuff. But it's the callbacks to Boomhauer's past and and Corpus Christi specifically, um, with the exception of one specific episode of Community that I just watched. You don't hear that Corpus Christi get called out very often in media. Um, so this is kind of cool. It's definitely kind of cool. Yeah. Um, my last pro here, and I, we, you and I already kind of touched on this a little bit. Like I, I kind of horned in on you, but fallout ghoul bill just hanging out in his fucking dark ass room. <laughs> that's the only way I can describe him. That's what he looks like. You know, he is, he's hanging fallout out in the fucking new bill. Vegas strip, just waiting to get <laughs> shot to the goddamn moon. And he's so happy about it. Like, <laughs> 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 give me give me your bill as a ghoul. 
Both of them. <laughs> and I just kept screaming, Lenore. And then my teeth And then fell my out. skin fell off. Smooth skin. Again. <laughs> Guys, Fallout Ghoul Bill, somebody get on this on this shit. I want to play the mod. Please. Please, please, please. Uh, those are my pros, buddy. What do you got for cons? Oh, con, I can't play a Fallout game where I am pant load the ghoul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one likes a tattletale, Bobby, you little bitch. <laughs> I just, and I think, okay, so this is this, this is this weird moment when we need to stop and remember that these kids are 13 slash 14 years old. I was still a bitch when I was this age. Um, we get mad at the infantilization. This isn't Bobby going, I like chocolate milk. This isn't that. Right. But it's real close. It's, I'm going to go get my dad, and my dad is going to make you do shit or some shit. My I dad's going to beat you up. He's going to kick some yeah. asses. Yeah, exactly. And, okay, okay, fine. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know. Number one, three season passes to a water park. Got to run Hank. What I'm so you worked at Water World, right? What was the season pass like? Eighty bucks a summer, right? I think so. I didn't. I never worked there, but I went there a lot. But yeah, I think it was. Oh, I like, thought you worked at Water World. No, I had a bunch of friends that worked there. I lived close to it. Where did you get accused of huffing paint? Oh no that that was a different water park. <laughs> that was that oh, was okay. the one. Well, that was the one in my hometown. That was much much fucking smaller. It's like a like an eightieth the size of Water World. It literally is just called The Bay, and it's it's this tiny-ass little water park in the middle of fucking Broomfield. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming that, like, I don't know, this is 2007, let's say 60 bucks a head. Hank spends $180 on these kids, and I know that Hank is better than going to Con and, Con, I bought your daughter a water park. Like, you know, he's not going to go shake down yeah. Con for money. He knows Dale doesn't have the money. So Hank just writes off this expense, and I really appreciate that about him. But like, dude, this man just blew a hundred eighty bucks on you and your friends. It's the biggest water park in Arlen, uh, a town of a hundred thousand residents, locals only. Wink, wink, wink. And like, just fucking go. It's a water park in summer, dude. Go sit in the wave pool. Who the hell cares? I don't. I don't know. Um, right. This episode is highly irresponsible. Once again, we have multiple deaths. Um, yeah. <laughs> number one, a Texas Ranger assaults two minors and an adult who's probably also assaulting those minors. So, you know, whatever. Um, but number two, Bobby dies on the avalanche. Joseph calls it out. He became water. Yeah, he did because he turned to dust and died because the water <laughs> shredded his face apart. And now Bobby's gone. Um, Bill is dead. Bill is dead as shit. Bill would have died of, Bill's overweight ass would have died of exposure the first day. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like three hours of that heat and he's gone. He's having a fucking cardiac episode. Yeah, that's it. You just, you die. Like, you, you have heat stroke and then you die. That's all there is to it. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's highly irresponsible. And finally, Bodhi is just a gross character. I don't. And not because I'm pretty sure he's, like, molesting 14-year-old girls. Um, but, like, he's just gross, dude. I hate that, like, cool adult. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know Bodie's yeah. buying him beer and shit for that little bonfire. Like, 
Bodie's gross. Just by and large, Bodie's gross. That's my call. Yeah. Versus versus a very wholesome interaction between Boom Hauer, the 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 Boom Kahuna, and Surfer Boy. Like, for sure. Well, it's it's they make a good they make a good point of like showing them literally. They're talking about surf. It's talking about the surf. Like, hey, you got to go out there. You got you can't beat the wave. You got to beat the surfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I don't know. I don't care for him. Um, I don't know. What else you got, buddy? Uh, my cons here. Uh, the, the fact that Joseph called it out, and I'm currently sitting in in not a teenage one, but a teenage butt puddle. God, is that the most disgusting thing that's happened on that couch? Probably not, considering they scotch guard it three times a year from Bill. But it can't be. It's got to rank up pretty fucking high. <laughs> Oh, I'm really glad you're here because I was going to ask you who did more damage to the hill couch, Bill <laughs> or Joseph. Oh, God, that's great. I'm, I'm reading your mind. That's OK, buddy. Um, God, yeah, the, just the way he describes it. Like I said, I'm guys, I'm currently I currently record in my closet because it's where the best acoustics happen in my house. And it is stupid fucking hot. I'm currently in nothing but my underwear. Let your your imaginations run wild. It's going to be great. And I am sitting in my own butt puddle. It's terrible. It is just the fucking worst. Um, next con, you and I already. <laughs> I just this see out. you. I don't. I don't. Really quick before you go on, yeah. I don't want the answer. Don't tell me if I'm wrong, but just tell me: is leopard, zebra, or cheetah print or cheetah print underwear, John? Which one are you rocking? Uh, cheetah. I'm a man, man of spots. Man. <laughs> okay, carry on. I'm sorry. I just imagine you in your closet in fucking Boomhauer undies. <laughs> Dang old Boomhauer undies. Anyway, um, you and I already called this con out, but how the fuck can Bill not change a tire? Why does he have to call Hank? This is stupid. Like, come on. This is stupid I... at this point. I understand the panic on the road. I understand. Oh shit! I blew a tire. Maybe he doesn't have a. Maybe he doesn't have the donut or something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he ate the donut. Maybe but... he doesn't have the tools for the donut. Like I can. I can understand that. But you there have you to explain it. Any yeah, something, anything else. But why does he call Hank? Yes, thank you. Yeah, uh, and then my last one here. It's it's a pro for animation, but it's a fucking con for how stupid we are as humans and how stupid fashion is. Do the hairstyles on the kids at the water park, especially the ones that are like all shitty punk punker kids. Like <laughs> the one looks like he's got a fucking half mohawk, but it's not a mohawk. Are you it's talking part about mofro. Yeah, though. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and it's all fucking colored. It's just down the middle like a damn fucking stripe. The other it's one is sure got like doing the a Rufio thing from Peter Pan or from Hook. Like. God, yeah, yeah. The other one has this fucking super mullet. Like. God, they're just the worst. Guys, why why do we do these things to our hair? Why can't we just wear normal fucking hairstyles? <laughs> oh, favorite moment, buddy. <laughs> you getting angry. <laughs> Me and my fucking butt puddle. <laughs> Sorry, my mind... What is it, Jackass 3, when the dude wears the saran wrap suit and they get his oh, fucking sweat? Oh, God. Oh, God, the sweat suit. <laughs> I can't even suit. talk about it. I'm puking in my mouth. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, favorite moment. It's Hank. 
It's Hank when they're standing up on top of the thing. The flamingo! The flamingo! He is so <laughs> excited to see his friend back in his element. I th- 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 This is like one of the most pure moments of Hank we've gotten. Up in 12 seasons, this is one of the most pure Hank enthusiasm moments. He's yes. just... He's there. He's in the moment. Like, they, they have just triumphed and assaulted children in front of with a cop in tow, so it's all going to be good. And... It's great. It's so great. How about you, buddy? Um, mine is so Hank and Hank is talking to Tim and just t- talking about how shitty Bodie is. Calls him a giblet head, and Bobby chimes in with a "They're giblet heads." I don't think he's ever like <laughs> copycatted Hank like that before. Definitely not with the word giblet head. But yeah. it made me very happy. Very happy to hear it. Yeah, that was that was a good little bit. I like that quite yeah. a bit. I like oh, yeah. Bobby this week. He's just kind of a, I, he's not a whiny kid. He's just, he's a pissed off kid. What do you do when he you're... wants to go and hang out at the water park and he fucking can't? Yeah. What do you do when you're 13 and powerless? Like, yeah, yeah. So shit. No, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Much like Boom Howard jumping on the board the first time, that ended kind of quickly. I guess we're to our rating system, huh? Yeah, buddy. Uh, you want to break it down for us? Yeah, sure. I'll take her away. Um, at the very, very bottom is a charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of an episode. This is a bad episode of King of the Hill. This is a bad episode of television. Do not watch it. All it's going to do is get soot under your boy's nails. Above that is a megalo. Megalo is like a bronze. It's shameful. It sucks. It's a bad episode. But there's, you know, little things in there that make it kind of passable and maybe you have it on in the background. Above that is butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard of an episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. There's some good, but there's also a lot of bad, and it just kind of comes down into a middle-of-the-road type feeling. Above that is our gold rank, and that would be a Char King. Uh, Char King is a really good episode of King of the Hill. Characters are used well, the animation's on point, the sound design is there. But maybe there's just something, something that sticks in your craw and makes it not as enjoyable as it could be. Or maybe you need a little bit of context to enjoy it fully. Again, we just gotta go back to Dale Tech. Or not Dale Tech, uh, go back to uh, The Exterminator, probably one of the better Dale episodes. Yep. But man, if you don't know anything about this show, that episode is kind of going to go over your head and you're not going to appreciate it as much as you would with full context. Now, let's say you need zero context. Let's say that you watch an episode and it is the greatest thing you've ever seen. Well, buddy, that is a blue flame of valor. It's an amazing episode of King of the Hill. It's an amazing episode of TV. You're going to show it to anybody at all, and they're going to be like, wow, dude, you totally ripped that sick pickle barrel gnarl. I've got to quit trying to make surfer puns. I'm sorry, guys. It's a <laughs> it's really a Kelly good episode. Slater of it's an a episode. great episode. The Kelly Slater, the Tony Hawk of land surfing episodes yes um (laughs) (laughs) um with all that being said johnny what are you giving four wave intersection um okay so scale of charcoal to blue flame i gave it a butane uh to me this is it's this is a watchable episode i really like the backstory we get for for uh boomhauer here um poor bill gets just fucking annihilated and that is not, a, for once, it's not a good thing for me because he looks like he's in so much pain. Guys, you, you really don't want New Vegas Bill. Like, as much as, it's as fun as it is to see him like that, you really fucking don't. Um, and to me, this has got a very deus ex machina type ending where all of a sudden, 
Boomhauer is really good on a short board, but we never got to see why, why, how did he do training? Is it what it is? Like, it just kind of cuts to it. So it feels almost like the the little ending of him just kind of owning Bodie is not as earned as it could. At the same time, mm. it's the ending I wanted to see, so I'm willing to give it some some grace, if that makes sense. Like, eh, fuck it, you gave me what I wanted to see. I just didn't get to see how we got there. Cool, we're going to throw out a butane. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, what about you, buddy? Well, um... Once again, for the second week in a row, I get to use the sound effect. My dad says butane, 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 butane. And it's a tutane. By the way, did you like the tutane sound effect? Yeah. Unless you didn't listen to it, then I apologize for putting you on the spot. No, it's um, cool. No, it's a tutane. It's, it's fine. We get some cool backstory. Um, I don't know. I hate kids, so don't show me kids, but whatever. I... It's not a bad episode. I just don't really care for it. You know what I mean? Fair. No, that's fair. But if it's two in the morning and I'm awake because I got that real good gribble insomnia, I'll watch it, I guess. There are worse episodes of King of the Hill out there. I I definitely don't mind this one by any means. Yeah, you're right. We should talk about Death Picks Cotton. Wait, what? What? <clears throat> Sorry, what? Jumping, jumping the metaphorical gun here, Mark. Come on. <laughs> K.S. Tojo? <laughs> what? Why, why uh, okay. don't we move on? How about that, buddy? Let's do it. Let's move on. <laughs> you broke me. All right. We are here with episode 218, Death Picks Cotton. Thank God this is the last bad cotton pun we get. Right, Mark? Uh, until we get to the one where you got to where we totally forget that, you know, Peggy got him a grave in Arlington and we got to flush his ashes down the toilet, yeah? Oh, yeah, that's right. That that that, that whole, like, retconning of a very, very good fucking episode. One of the better episodes uh, of this fucking series, yeah. Hmm. 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 Original air date of episode 218 is November 11th, 2007. Holy Happy shit, we had a... Birthday, so, sorry, 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 hang on. We had a month jump? Happy birthday. We had a month jump between this one and that one. We did. Thank you, World Series. There you are. Guaranteed it was the World Series. Um, And 2007, guys, I can tell you exactly who was in the World Series in 2007. Okay. Who was it? It is the one and only time the Colorado Rockies made it to the World Series. They lost in four games to the Boston Red Sox. They got swept. (laughs) That was my freshman year of college, and I remember Doc, we we were in Cinderella. We had just started Cinderella rehearsals, and Doc kept calling practices early so he could go watch the game mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like the week before um, he was like we need to double down it's like fuck you you watch the rockies lose <laughs> as a tremendous unfortunately as okay so i'm a tremendous red Sox fan but i am a very lackluster rockies fan especially this season guys we're on pace for 100 fucking losses it's awful um I will say it is my ideal World Series every single year because the Rockies are National League and the Red Sox are American League. So if they can make it every single year, whichever team wins, I win because they're my two favorite teams. But anyway, yes, we had a month separation here, likely because Fox does a lot of deals with Major League Baseball. We see a lot of jumps right around this time because of the World Series. It's known as the October Classic. 
all that fun sort of stuff. It's also why we tend to see like stalls in Simpsons Halloween episode ep- Halloween episodes. Um, like they don't premiere sometimes till like the middle of fucking November. Uh, so episode 218, our cast of characters is Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Cotton Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boomhauer, Luann Platter, Lucky Kleinschmidt, um, Tokiyaki employees, the VA doctor. This is written again by Judah and Murray Miller. This is their second episode. So they got two in a row here. Um, did I'm curious, did, did Luann take Lucky's last name? I'm sure she did, yeah. She's probably Kleinschmidt right now, right? Or probably Platter Kleinschmidt. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I'm going to continue to go with what the wiki has her under, but yeah, I just... Because now that they're married officially and all that sort of shit is what it is. Uh, A story character for this episode, Hank, Bobby, and Cotton. B story characters, Luann and Lucky, and Bobby, if you will. The synopsis for this episode, Hank says goodbye the only way he knows how. That's short, sweet, to the point. There's, how do you, how do you do a, do you have a better synopsis for this episode? Like, no, I I was struggling with this one, I think. Yeah, no, I, no, short of making a sex joke at my own expense. No, no, I don't. Cause it ends too quick and you think it's supposed to be better than it is. And this is what you gave us. Okay. Thanks. Okay, well, I'm going to go to it's, sleep now. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. We like, lost our virginity in this episode. Yeah. We really did. It. Yeah, no, I... Okay, but you... But Okay, so I'm not... So I'm not off-base here thinking that, like, this is a bad way to do it? Maybe I'm jumping a gun here, but... My God. No, it's it's definitely a bad way to do this. Okay. Um, I Let me see if... I think I put it in... It's in my final thing here, but yeah, like, guys, how how would you feel if all of a sudden you're watching Family Guy and they they killed off um oh so when Brian dies, Brian gets they... hit by that car. That's a bad. It's not a bad episode. I kind of like that episode. I thought they were gonna do it for good. I yeah. thought it was literally like, oh shit, they actually got rid of a character on a TV show. That's awesome. That was the right yeah. way to do it. Um. It happens. It happens out of nowhere. This is just so shoehorned in, and it just needs itself to exist for itself. I don't know if that makes sense, but, like, it just takes itself for granted, I think, is where I'm at. Yeah. 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 Um. I, I have a hard time with this episode because we're, 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 like, in the middle. Not, not the beginning, not quite the beginning, maybe early beginning of this season, but, like, there is no gravitas to this episode. If you want to really like make a point with this and show your people how much of respect you have for this character, you don't put it in the fucking middle in a throwaway episode. Mm-hmm. You put it at the end. You put it at the beginning. You make it a, a some sort of statement for the rest of this. Um, if the Simpsons ever decide they want to fucking kill off Grandpa Simpson, you know it's not going to be in the middle of fucking season 35. It's going to be the end of the series probably. I would have done this as your season 12 opener, honestly. An opener would have been fine for me because cool. Yeah. Now you get to kind of explore the world without cotton for the rest of the season, by the way, spoilers guys for a show. That's that's what? 15 years old at this point. Like this episode's 15 years old. Uh, Cotton dies. This we, we know we don't get cotton Hill after this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also really quick want to throw out there. The last time we saw Cotton was in season eight with Dale Tech, and that was written by J.B. Cook. 
I think it's my bigger my biggest wow. hang up here is that you're giving the death of, of I'm sorry I'll call him a fan favorite like I have heard from our listeners yeah. that they enjoy cotton so like just that in and of itself you're giving it to these two jabronis who just wrote a pretty shitty episode about a water park fuck you yeah what was JB Cook doing I'm sure he'd moved on to other things I would rather watch Christy Stratton do this than I would these guys yeah. Like guys, bring back the Allens for one episode. Oh my god. We don't deserve the Allens. Instead we get the Millers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get the Millers instead. Uh, Mark, give me give me your notes. Yeah. We're, we just like Sorry, yeah, we just kind of fucking our format here. Dot, yeah, much like, you know, your first time you just forget how everything works and you just explode in anger or something. Um I mean, honestly, it it trends with this episode. It shouldn't fucking happen this way, and it's really jarring when it does. Yeah. So, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a damn minute since we saw Cotton. I just said that. I thought Cotton was cool with the Japanese, Johnny. <laughs> or did we just forget about that, too? Uh, you know, after returning Japanese, I also thought he had kind of made his peace with it. You know, he got all of his anger out and decided not to hawk a giant loogie in the face of the Emperor. Like... Yeah. yeah, thought he was over it. Reunited but with I guess, Junkie you know, Joe. PTSD is a motherfucker. Sure, sure, sure. I, I get it, I get it. PTSD is a motherfucker. That That's going to come up eventually. But at the same time, that doesn't account for... Like, he's not having PTSD when he walks in and goes, what kind of intern camp is this? Mm-hmm. That's fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... <laughs> We're in the dragon's lair, boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be fair, Peggy helped Dale blow up the shed in Peggy's Gone to Pots. Just to be fair. Yes. <laughs> which, yes. which that's a pro to me, though, that we get continuity. I was just about to say, follow up to that was at least there's some continuity. I also don't believe that they knew that. You know what I mean? They were just like, oh, we should blow up the shed because Dale. <laughs> that's what the Millers sound like in yeah. my head. Oh, <laughs> bro. <laughs> um, Sorry, anybody named Judah and Murray? Yeah, we're not going to make we're, we're not going to make fun of you. Not at all. I just think of Scrubs and Matt, Le- or not Matt, Matt, Matthew Perry. He plays that dude, Murray. It's an old man's name. Murray, come back. And all the old dudes pop out. What? Not you, old Murrays. Um, <laughs> next time you and I are together, we are so fucking going tiring. I don't know what it's called when Lucky and Bobby get in the tire, <laughs> but we are doing it. <laughs> we will, but, 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 but we will put in helmets and mouth guards. And that's how uh, Johnny and Mark got CTE. <laughs> I've been to this party. I'm already there. This episode really drives home the point of why you need to make birth licenses legal. Like, to have a kid, you need to, like, pass a test. Because, oh my god, how fucked up is this kid of Lucky <laughs> and Luann's gonna be? Oh my god. <laughs> Little Gracie? Yeah, she's pretty fucked. Oh, poor kid. Um... The hell? Oh, so I don't know if this is continuity or I just wasn't paying attention, but I think I have been. But are they in? So when Bobby's staying with Luann and Lucky, are they at the house that's like next door to the hills where they used to live, where where Luann used to live, like you know, a couple seasons ago? Because I feel like they moved back in there, right? And I got mad about it a couple episodes ago, but. So I know Hank had talked about, Lucky, you need to get a job so that you can afford to put a down payment on on the house across the street. Like, you need to get the hell out of my den. So I know they're not living with Hank and uh, Hank and Peggy at this point. Right. But 
he also makes the comment of there is somebody running around your neighborhood that is killing little kids, so you need to come with us. Yeah, so they're in and so Lucky's that makes shanty. They are not there. Yeah, they're in his like double wide. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of where yes. I was at too. Just whatever. Again, uh, if I'm piecing it together, that's what I gotta think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think again the Millers don't know what the fuck is going on in this show. And then there's a cool moment in here that you and I have never discussed. Oh. Yeah, Hank didn't know his grandparents. Yeah. So so Cotton's mom died in ch- childbirth, allegedly. Right. And old man Hill is just scattered to the four winds? I don't know. Yeah, he's never been brought up. Like, Cotton has never talked about Hank's grandfather. Hank has no. never talked about his grandfather. No, and that's... So it makes me wonder, um, and feel free to pour your, your heart and soul out here and totally pimp your other podcast, but... Um, it makes me wonder if Cotton's dad was a, a victim of World War One, of the Great War. Mm, no. The timeline kind of would have would have lined up there if he was a little bit older. He had gotten no. Cotton's... He was no. He was no? no. Cotton was fourteen when he was on Iwo Jima. Uh, v okay. um, uh, VE Victory Over Europe Day was in forty five. That means he would have been born in thirty one. Well, he could be alive, I guess. Okay. Huh. That's a thinker. It is a thinker. Yeah, we've never talked about Hank's grandparents. Or Peggy's grandparents, for that matter. But, like, yeah. Interesting. But now we know, like, it's it's pretty canonical at this point that, that uh, Hank's grandmother died in childbirth. Because she had the narrowest uridi? Could have been. According to the King of the Hill wiki, Cotton was born December 7th, 1927. He was born on Pearl Harbor Day. Early. That's weird. Um, Cotton Hill is younger than my grandmother. That's awesome. That's weird. Huh. Interesting. Sorry, I we're going down a rabbit hole that I, number one, was not prepared to go down, and number two, probably should have prepped on. But I just had this thought that, like, we don't ever see, like, mention of Hank's grandparents, and that's kind of mm-hmm. weird. Sorry, I... What are your notes, buddy? I totally derailed Um, this. I apologize. No, you're good. Uh, So I am... I I currently am at one out of four. I have one grandparent left out of the four canonically that I should have, I guess. Um, If you attribute the nuclear family of the 40s and 50s as a thing. Uh, I lost one grandpa when I was about four years old. I lost another one when I was 20, I want to say. I think he died when I was about 20. Uh, I lost my first grandma about a year, two years ago almost. I think it was two years in February, maybe. Um, Yeah, and I've got one grandma that's that's still alive. She's the oldest out of all of them. Um, She has always been the oldest out of all of them, but like she's the the one that was born in, she's born in 26. Uh, same year as the Queen of England. So she has officially outlived the Queen of England, which is kind of badass to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with her when I spent my time over in the States. Uh, she lives close to my mom. Um, so I got to go and, and kind of shoot the shit with her at least once a month or so. I, I went over and hung out at her house and, and just did some stuff, like took her to a doctor's appointment, all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. Guys, go hug your grandparents. You never know when you're never going to get to see them again. And they're... Not only a fountain and trove of information, but your grandparents are going to love you way more than your parents ever will. 
And that sounds fucked up to say, but you've never had to like battle your grandparents on anything. So that love is just that much more wholesome. Um, I, one of the most inspiring things I think I've ever heard is the reason that, that kids and grandparents are, they, they like get along so well. The reason that Bobby and Cotton get along so well is because they have a common enemy. Cotton did not like being tied down because of Hank and, and Bobby is constantly having to fight against what Hank wants him to do. They have a common enemy. So it's just, it's a natural thing here. Guys, go hug your grandparents. Uh, I'm probably going to write my grandma a letter and let her know how much I love her. And it's going to be great. And I'm going to tell her all the cool shit I'm doing in Germany. Uh, next note here, gold toe socks. They are a real thing. It's a brand. They're, they used to, I think they used to be kind of fancy-ish dress socks, but now it's just kind of like a, a statement thing. I have some gold toes. They don't fit me very well. They cut off my circulation of my calves. So sorry, Mark. There's no way that they would ever fit you. Um, <laughs> I got a, no, my mom bought me a bag. Uh, for my mom always buys the socks for uh, Christmas. She bought me a bag a couple years nice. ago. And number one, you know me, I can't wear anything higher than my cankle, but like, yep, or my higher than my anky, if you will, if we can steal a line from the Your doctor. Anky. But she also bought me some of the no shows, and those fucking no show gold toe socks were the best socks I've ever had. And I don't know where she got them from. She just, gold I'm toes are sure solid, Costco, dude. But like, God, yeah, they, I were think the, so. they were amazing. No, there's there's so, there's a reason that they've been around for so long, and that gold toe is pretty synonymous with socks. Like, yeah, no, they're they're good socks. Like, if if they, you can get ones that fit you, um, we have a music cue for my next note here. It's the song "Don't Ya" by the Pussycat Dolls, and Thank wow, you. did that transport me back to the two thousands? Holy shit! Didn't it though? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think here. So this episode. We have mention of two out of three of the current um, masked singer judges in just this one episode. Okay. Yeah, because the Pussycat Dolls has got um, God, I don't remember the name of the the leader, but the the really pretty lady that's like the the head that still does stuff from the Pussycat Dolls. She's one of the judges, and the other one I'm gonna get to in our cons. Um, but yeah, like okay. a current show on, on Fox is it, two of those people, two of the three of them are named in this, uh, un, unsurprisingly, they don't talk about our good friend, Ken Jong here. So that sucks. Uh, Mark, mm. another note of continuity here. Did you notice in the background that we have a return of grandma's cookie crunch? Oh shit. Good looking out. I did not notice that. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> That that is what uh, Bobby is doing his hibachi stuff with. It's gr- yeah. I love you, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> do we have I any sugar? I believe we do. <laughs> I'm just, I guys, can I, can I, can I just teleport us back to our episode where they think that Bobby's got ADHD, and all of a sudden he answers his teacher with the the line, "Own slaves." Uh, hey, Johnny and, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Own slaves. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby. Anyway, I promise. Uh, I, I I refilled my boot during the break, guys. It's it's great. I'm feeling great. It's awesome. My last. I am here, drinking a have... Lagunitas Brewing Maximus Colossal IPA, clocking it at a robust nine percent alcohol, and it oh, is seven forty one American time. Is it better than those Modelo Chiladas? 
Oh my god, far and away. Also, shout out to Oscar. Thank you for feeling my pain. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I brought that up because uh, for the record, I particularly like the soul chiladas a little bit better. Uh, they tend to be a little bit crisper, if you will. Um, my last note here, we, you guys, I, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Mark, did you know there's a Stephen King reference in this episode? Oh, shit. What is it? Cotton's room number for his hospital bed is 237. I knew yep. that was a thing. I saw that and I was like, that's a thing. Gotta be a thing. I don't know if it was intentional, but you know what? I I have that thing where anytime I see the number 19, I assume somebody's referencing Stephen King, even if they've yep. never even once been tangentially like connected to him. Um, I'm reading his newest book right now because I had to go and buy it the first week it came out because I'm a consumer whore. Uh, I also fucking love that dude and everything he writes. So, guys, room two thirty seven. Go watch The Shining. This is this is Johnny saying go watch The Shining. Mark, give me and a this is This is Mark saying go read The Shining because reading it is better than watching it. Because Wendy it's is true. hot in the book and she's not in the movie. Um, she is she is a much better character as a outspoken blonde that doesn't take shit than a very like sheltered sad brunette that gets scared by everything. Uh, yeah, and it's also I... two seventeen in the book. That's that's how you know a real OG fan. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Keep going. Not at all, buddy. You're good. Um. Oh fuck, where are my pros? Huh. Sorry, I was like, wait, I already gave you my we are notes. Fuck, also, seventeen is... plus two Here's... is nineteen. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, two. I get, I get what you're going. I was like, yeah, yeah John. Right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Don't make the Millers uh, cool by making wheel. them closet Stephen King fans. Don't do that. Don't fucking give them cred they don't deserve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, pros, you kind of already hit it, but um, Hibachi Chef Bobby, when he's doing the shit at the house, I, yeah! I like that. That's a great little bit. And he catches it. Ha! I like that. That's a good little bit. Um, uh, Cotton. Well, my mother died when I was born. I crawled out her uterine. I I like that Hank's got a narrow uretery, but he crawled out of his mother's uterine. Like, Cotton has enough tangential knowledge about the human body to mispronounce the parts of it. Pro. Fucking pro. Right. Um, It's a little bit of continuity, but like, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to blow holes in this because it's going to be too easy to blow holes, but like, um... I'm really glad that the last time that Bobby and Cotton hung out, it was largely positive. I, I don't, yes. there's a, there's a missing scene where, you know, <laughs> Cotton drives him to the, uh, uh, Benny Hanna with a broom and no license and no glasses at night. And I imagine that was horrific for the boy, but that little bit when they're just hanging out on the couch, you want to listen to some music gang gang? Yeah. You want to see me dance gang gang? <laughs> yeah. It's, Yes. Really, that's oh, I really so like awesome. that. I like that a lot. It's and then it's really sad because like that's that's the last time. That I really hate how Bobby is isolated from all this action. It also makes no sense to me how they isolate Bobby from the events in the restaurant. What the fuck do you mean no one's gonna hear about that? Like Yeah. I don't know. I just I don't like that. This episode but I like would have the, been a... Go ahead. I was going to say, no, this episode would have been, it would have been a lot more powerful, I think, if you had included Bobby halfway through it. Like, I get it. You want to do the cute little B plot of Luann and Lucky trying to be fucking parents. But at some point, Bobby's going to figure out that 
that Cotton is gone. And we never, we get robbed of seeing that reaction. We get robbed yeah. of seeing Bobby finding, because you know that he's going to find the silver lining in it. He's going to be the one that turns Hank around and goes, yeah, yeah, Grandpa's doing much better now. Yeah. So sorry, I totally cut you off, man. I'm so no, no, <laughs> so not a, no, not at all. Because no, because I don't want to see Bobby cry in the hospital when Cotton dies. But I would like to see a moment of resolution. You know, like yeah, for Cotton to tell Bobby that he loved him, that would have been good. And then to yell yes. at Hank, "What do you mean you love me?" Like that would have been good. That would have been really, really good. Just that we've talked about that. We talked about this now for two years about. Uh, oh God! What was it? The, I want to say one of the very first Cotton episodes, not um, not the first one How to where he appears. No, um, I want to say Shins of the Father. Maybe, maybe it was Shins of the Father. Okay, but we talk about how Cotton is nicer to Bobby because he sees Bobby as a second chance until he has GH, but he okay. sees Bobby as the chance to be a more rounded individual that kind of has a son that he's proud of and loves. I don't know why he hates Hank so much other than it's cotton and that's what he does. But like, I would have liked a little bit more resolution between those two. I'm glad that Bobby has a good memory, a last, a good last memory of his granddad, you know, but at the same time, it's just depressing. I don't know. Um, I don't like how he gets so cut out of all of that. And then, yeah, if you don't mind, well, no, no, go ahead. Um, sorry, I'm fucking spouting. Um, sorry, this one is hard for me. My granddad's not doing good, so I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of emotional. No, I, um, trust me, I I understand it, man. I I've I've got a stash of money just in case something ever happens to my grandma, so that I can fly back to the states. You, you don't gotta you don't gotta ever apologize for that shit. I understand. Yeah, I just. I don't know. He's got he's got that real bad Parkinson dementia. Doesn't remember me now, and I just can't handle shit. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I watched this this morning at four a.m. and cried on the couch. <laughs> um, oh, buddy. Anyway, that's not neither here nor there. But fucking a. Um. Yeah, Uteri, Bobby. I guess side pro Lucky and Bobby in the tire is good. And then Luann. Wait, not safe. Okay, now go. Um. Not a lot of pros <laughs> that I could pick out here. I guess the doctor's kind of funny in his own way. Like, no, I t- literally do not understand how this thing is alive. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Very on yeah. point for cotton. Oh yeah. Uh, you got some pros or I do. Um, we, so we already hit this a little bit, but I love that, that, that we get continuity here. Dale has already blown up Hank's shed once. Why wouldn't he do it again? Um, that, that makes me happy when anybody calls back to that. I, you already hit this real good. This is our last time we're going to see it, but they, they made it worth our while that Bobby and Cotton are palling around. Um, this is a really good example of just what that relationship, it, it means to the both of them. It means a lot to Bobby because he, he knows he can go to his grandpa. He can show him anything. He can be like, Hey, Hey gang, gang, let me show you this. Let me show you that. Let me, let me be a kid with you. Um, you're going to treat me like I want to be treated and it's, it's just, it's really nice. And Cotton knows that Bobby loves him implicitly. Like there is, there is no strings attached whatsoever. He hasn't been colored like as much as, as Peggy probably has tried to, there is no like anger or, um, or disgust or like, it's just, it's a pure relationship between the two of them, which 
is a very interesting turnaround from the first time we see Cotton at Bobby's birthday party when he addresses his letter to hell because mom says that that's where grandpa's going or that's where grandpa yeah. lives. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want him at his birthday party. He doesn't want him anywhere near him. And they have a, such a better relationship at the end of this than they than they started. And it's just fucking beautiful for me. Um huge pro to me here and it's it's the emotion that comes into it because he's a man of few words and he's a man of even fewer words you can understand but boom how we're going dang old no man like he's gonna be fine he's just he's gonna be great and it's boom Howard's no dang old no that that's finally what snaps hank out of it and it's like holy shit okay yeah i get it I understand it. That's it's a good use of Boomhauer yet again. Like we know that when he says something, you gotta be listening and it, it catches people's attention and they, they're expecting the joke, and this is not the joke at this point. They, this is what they use to drive it home to Hank to finally get it through to him, like, no, your dad's not coming out of this. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good you yeah, that is a good use of Boomhauer. Yeah, it's yeah, it was huge for me. Huge for me. Um, I guess side pro, the Millers what, can do some decent Boomhauer shit. They, they they really can't. You know what, guys? If that's what you're good for, like, if you're good for giving me decent Boomhauer, like, not just turning him into a fucking sideshow character in the background, I'm fucking in for it. I, I can appreciate that. Um, Pro here, from what Jackass has taught me, Lucky would have just gotten very, very hurt in that tire, and that's a pro. Do you think... <laughs> I, okay, oh, okay, yeah. here's here's where Mark pulls back the curtain and reveals to you all that I'm actually dumb as shit and have no regard for my personal health or safety. I think if you just kind of held onto the walls, you'd be fine. I think the worst part would be when you lost momentum and fell over on the side. I, it depends on how much you're bouncing, too. Like, if it's a smooth roll, if you're just going down a thing and you're not bouncing at all, then you're good, but that mm. never fucking happens. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, we were robbed of a scene. We were robbed of Bobby getting a TBI. Pretty much, pretty much. Bad brain, Bobby. Um, <laughs> my last pro, my last pro here is that normally Peggy being this fucking cruel at the end of this episode would be out of place, right? This would right. be bad, Peggy. This would be somebody just getting shitty because she's a shitty character, and we want to write her as as unlikable and not fun, and we're gonna make you hate her as much as we. But if that was the object of this, it doesn't make it work for me. We have seen for 12 seasons how shitty Cotton was to Peggy. She has earned this. She earned that speech at the very end to tell Cotton yeah. off and basically say, nope, fuck you. You have pushed everybody away. This is what you get. Fine. If you want to die and you, you want to die alone, then you're going to die alone because this is what you've, you have you have sown throughout everybody throughout your whole family um well it also really drives home to me how alone cotton is now like everybody all yeah. his war buddies are dead the the vfw's gone um yeah tilly or tilly um dd and gh are gone like cotton is alone say, this isn't a pro it's really tragic we we like it's there's no it's even terrible. mention of dd and gh in this no no she like not one single person gone. mentions them yeah yeah so, yeah, he, he dies alone with probably the person on the planet that hates him the most. That's the last person that talks to him. Okay, can I also really... I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to disagree by any stretch, but 
Um, I'm really thinking of uh, Cotton's plot. Yeah. And, like, he and Peggy did gain a kind of mutual respect, and I'd even say admiration for one another. And then, oh, yeah. and then we got it. And then, you know, you can like a person one time, you can understand a person one time and then go back to hating him. And I understand that. But like, I also wonder if Peggy wasn't the best person to be in the room with Cotton when he died. It's probably why he finally finished it with her in the room. You know, he came back yeah. like three times with Hank, but, but like, that's what Peggy I mean. was finally in there. And yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's, that's a solid, I think that's a solid little bit. Like. That she's the last one. I don't like that she lies to Hank. I hate that she lies to him and says, oh, yeah, you know, he said he uh, forgives you and he loves you. Oh, and also he doesn't want you to ship his head to the Emperor. Like, I hate that. I don't like that at all. But I really like how she goes, I hope you live forever. And Cotton gets to, what's the opposite of grant a wish? Throw it on the ground (laughs) to her wish. And then he just fucking dies. And that's cool. That's it's a really powerful scene, and I appreciate that everybody treats it with the gravitas that it needs, that is aware of it, you know? I, I hate the B story in here. I really can't fucking stand the Luann and Lucky nonsense that happens throughout this episode, because it's it just seems so out of place in an episode where, like, no, we're talking about fucking death. Cotton is dying. We're talking about moving on and, and saying goodbye to somebody that we've known for 12 seasons. Like, it's done. It's just done. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, you, you make a good point there, man. I think anybody else that's not Peggy, he's staying and he is, he is just going to continue to be cotton, but she gets to say everything she has always wanted to say to him pretty much right at the end there. And he finally goes, cool, fine. Everyone, everyone's going to be good. Let's, let's just finish this right here. Well, there's also a little bit in there. where like, um, you, you talk about like, you know, saying goodbyes and shit like Dale gets to go say goodbye. And I think that's a good little yeah. scene. He brings him his, uh, Bob Hope tape and he brings him the smokes and the <laughs> right? porno mags. And like Dale gets to say, because really, if you take the breakdown of King of the Hill characters that love cotton, I think it goes Dale, Bobby and so forth. But like, yeah, <laughs> I think that Dale uses cotton as a proxy father because he's not bug, you know, but like. Oh, absolutely. Dale, we know that Dale legitimately loves Cotton. Bill's afraid of Cotton. Boomhauer's afraid of Cotton. Hey. Doesn't really care for him. But Dale loves the man, and Dale gets Daddy's to say goodbye. And I like bowling. that. Daddy's taking, holding him up so he can press a ham <laughs> at Hank's expense. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's like the worst realization ever. Is that we're never gonna see a fucking Dale and Cotton pal around again? It's all right because we got a couple really good ones. We got a couple really good ones. <laughs> And I'm left with the me- I'm left with the good memories of them, and like it really kind of <laughs> breaks Annie my heart Annie's that like log. <laughs> Sandy Annie's walking log, and it breaks my heart that like it doesn't break my. It's what do you call <laughs> good breaking your heart when like Dale gets to say goodbye to a person that he genuinely loves. Like I think that's yeah. wonderful in its own way. Yeah. Um. Fuck him. Crying. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, Let's get to let's get to cons, about? man. Sorry, <laughs> what are we talking about? We're on, con, we're on your cons because we got, we got your cons and my cons. Then we can get, we wrap this thing up. Con boy, Luann looks fucking good for being what three months pregnant. <laughs> right, she is god. very skinny. My god, is there even a baby in there? Well, I guess there has to be, but I don't buy it. Um, con Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> 
Con, I also went and looked up her Playboy spreads, and yeah, okay, fine. She's hot. I get it. <laughs> Lucky's not wrong, I guess, but get out of my because cons, he's not buddy. wrong doesn't make him right. Get out of my cons, buddy. <laughs> um, Con, this might be one of the truest episodes of King of the Hill we get because it's a cotton episode, and it's what, John? That's right. Depressing as all hell. I love yeah. how the last cotton episode is a sad cotton episode, because if it was positive and upbeat, I would totally flame the writers for not understanding their character and their material, and at least, at least they make this shit sad. Yeah. Um, Khan, I already kind of beat it to death, but I hate that Bobby is not around. I hate that he just... Number one, I hate that he yeah. cut and pastes himself to the weird kids' table. Is that a thing? I've never been to a Benihana, so I can't speak to this, but I don't buy that there's just a table full of children. Or maybe it's just Bobby can ingratiate himself with anybody because he's so fucking likable. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, yes. But, like, I don't buy that he wasn't aware of the, the events. How could you not be aware of the events? Son of a bitch, how could you not know? And I hate that he doesn't get to say goodbye to Cotton or even really know that Cotton. And I mean, you know, I, again, I don't need to see the scene where Bobby's crying because his granddad died. The same way that I don't need to see a scene where Ladybird dies because she's a million year old pork chop. I just wish right. it would have happened, you know? But. Right. I, it just, that really, I hate that. I hate, and I, and I know, I know, saying goodbye is a stupid concept because it doesn't do anything. It's, it, it's for you. You know, I said goodbye to my grandmother when she died and she was a stroked out shell. She didn't know I was there, you know, like. Right, 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 right. So on the one hand, it's terrible, but on the other hand, I don't need to see it. But at the same time, God, I hate that Bobby doesn't get to say goodbye to his grandfather. That really breaks my heart in its own weird way. Um... What's up with Hank in the shed, just in general? That shed is... Okay, so, like, here's my problem. Does Hank ever have a shed unless the plot fucking needs it? No. I don't think so. No. And did that end? Like, I I think Dale is the only one with a shed. Really. One con, because Tid Poo cooks meth in it, but... I don't know, I just... Yes, yes, Tid Poo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But I, I, I don't know. I don't. I just don't like the inconsistency of the shed. And then final con: um, Dale killed himself and the guys. They're, okay, so that blast <laughs> destroys that the fence. Yeah, well, not even the shrapnel. Like you know, what's that deal where like at a certain um, at a certain uh, force, like it'll detonate the oh, the, the, the cell membrane force. in your body. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, like. It's why yeah. you can't swim with sperm whales, because they can, like, sing you to death. Like, they'll vibrate your cells until you explode. But, like, so the fence behind them, which I'm assuming is about 40 feet from where they're at, the fence behind them is destroyed. The fence on the side is destroyed, which is super close. The same spot where the guys are, tan- or, you know, relatively to the shed. They're right on top of each other. Those The, the guys are dead, just from the concussion alone, let alone all the fucking shrapnel. Yeah. Because you know Hank over nails. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, those are my cons. Sorry, I've been talking a long time. No, no, you're good. Um, first con here. Oh, Lord, Luann, please stop. Uh, I think I, th- I said that out loud like three times watching this episode. Like, please just cut Luann out of this episode. She's not fun to watch anymore. She's not even fun to look at anymore. Just get her the fuck out of my episode. Um. 
So the con, I guess, is that the wins in this episode. I'm fucking done with it. Second con, whatever the fucking green layer was in the lasagna that Peggy made. There is nothing that is green that should be going in lasagna ever. Ever. Am I right? I, didn't, I don't know. <laughs> I want lasagna. Like, can you think of anything green that should be going in a lasagna? Because I can't. Not that, it, that it's visibly enough to be its own fucking layer. I wonder if Peggy didn't put spinach in it. You can put a layer of spinach in. I don't know. You're you're not wrong. And I don't know why I'm trying to blow so many holes in this shit, but I, yeah. No, it's okay. I, I need to not be so mad about one green layer in lasagna, but I'm sorry. Lasagna doesn't fucking involve anything green, really. Definitely not in the middle of it. Um, I think the problem is this is such a crippling episode emotionally, and you need to, like, fucking find the... You need to yes. find something to be mad at that isn't how sad this episode is and how poorly done this yes. episode was. Yeah. I've got two left here. I'm going to leave the last one because I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant for it. But this next one, the crux of this episode, it feels like it comes on way too fast. Um, It, it basically turns from Cotton has now, you know, interrupted a dinner party to, by the way, he's going to fucking die. And he should have died a long fucking time ago. It feels like that comes on way faster than it should. Um, they don't give it time to breathe. It's not really like, yeah, it comes in about halfway through the episode. So we get half an episode to kind of realize, oh shit, Cotton's going to die. But I don't know. It seems like it, it just jars you way too much. Um, I hate to say that that we need to see the stereotypical um, Cotton should have a bad cough like the, like the I don't know, eight-year-old orphan that you know is never going to show back up again because, oh, they're going to try and they're going to try and then they're going to go off screen and they're just never going to show back up again. But, like, it just seems like it, it happens way too quickly and there's there's not enough effective buildup to it to make sense. So I have a lot of issue with that. Um, if you're going to tell me, hey, this character is, this is the last time you're going to ever see them then I want a whole episode dedicated to that, not half an episode. Uh, I don't remember how this episode was marketed because I didn't watch it live. But, no, you know, no. knowing Fox, they they probably did something to the effect of um, one of these King of the Hill characters is going to die. No, no, no. Like, you know, that sort of shit. <laughs> Fucking Fox. I hate their promos so much. Um, I, well, you know what? What? I, I don't know if you almost... remember, but do you remember when Maude Flanders died? And it's like, Simpson, the, this beloved Simpsons character is going... Yeah, I remember like yeah. my brother and I yelling oh, at my mom exactly. about how we couldn't go to night church because we needed to see what Simpsons character Which died. Which Simpsons character was going to die. Exactly. And we broke her down and we watched it in her... So it doesn't matter. We broke her down. And then she's like, that was stupid. You missed church for this. And I'm like... Yeah, I miss church for that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. I miss church for this. You know, Fox doing something stupid like that is almost as stupid as my last con here. It's Fox Jenny employing McCarthy? Jenny goddamn McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. Um, if any of our listeners here are curious where the anti-vax movement started, it happened because Jenny McCarthy gave birth to, to a kid that's got fucking autism and couldn't accept the fact that her kid has autism and had to find every single reason why her perfect fucking angel child was supposed to be fucking normal, but something happened and and it was out of her control 
and somebody else did something shitty and made their kid have autism. Jenny McCarthy is the goddamn reason that so many people refuse to vaccinate their children. It's the reason that measles still exists. It's the reason that the fucking chicken pox still exists. Without her bullshit anti-vax rhetoric, we probably would have kicked COVID six months fucking earlier than we actually did because people would have went, holy shit, we have scientists that actually know what the fuck they're doing. Anyway, guys, stop giving Jenny McCarthy money. Mark, please move on to your favorite moments because I I can only scream about this dumb blonde bimbo so goddamn much. We're on favorite moments. This is a weird episode. Listeners, we're sorry. We're we're sad and emotional and it's, Johnny's hot and Mark is getting drunk <laughs> at eight in the morning. Um, <laughs> They're both cotton lines. Um, I saw the Grim Reaper and then I saw those pity men I killed and they weren't happy to see me, but I also saw my shins and they looked really good. I like that a lot. <laughs> Um, and then the bit when Peggy walks in the room to talk to him and, and Cotton looks over at her and goes, Mr. Reaper, I prefer if you put your hood back on. That's <laughs> God yeah. damn. God damn. That is so good. I also decide it's not a pro cause I hate it, but like, um, we get a, where they blew their animation budget. It's okay. Um, Cotton falling on the grill. I remember seeing this at with some his point, like melting shoes before. Yeah, but like the shoe melt when he's standing on the on the the grill. That's a really good. Yeah. Se- that's really that's really troubling. That whole thing is really well done, and I really appreciate it. Okay. Um, I know I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but I want to sidebar before you give me your favorite moments. I'm sorry, but I just want to sidebar really quick. No. Um. So we already kind of talked shit about the episode where they need to flush his remains down the toilet. Yes. So my question is, if this was a two-parter and that was the other, and we can talk about this more when we actually get to that episode, but I just kind of want to put like the bug up your ass right now. If this was a two-parter and that was the second part of this episode, would you have liked it better, do you think? Like, because it's like you said, this thing jumps itself. This thing jumps, like, every single fucking... This thing jumps the battleship Yamato. Like, <laughs> just to get to its point. Yeah, that's right. I threw in a World War II reference for you guys. You're welcome. But, like, do you think that you would like it better if it was longer? Because it... Okay, so I think my biggest problem... I'm sorry, I'm kind of coming around this in a long roundabout way... If there was more, like, pomp to it, this is the death of a character, The probably one of the better antagonists of this series, probably one of the better characters in this series that we don't see too much of, but, like, you know, especially in secondary characters. But if this, if Cotton's death was spread over two episodes and we could have, like, maybe seen a little bit about, like, Bobby resolution and, like, maybe even a couple flashbacks. Like, I know we talked about how King of the Hill never did, like, a, a flashback, um, slash like a clip, clip show, show episode, but like, yeah. man, I would love to see Cotton's funeral and like the guys, like, so the scene from how to fire a rifle where like, he's talking to the guy, to, to the boys and some of you like Hank will die. And like the, and like Dale or <laughs> Boomhauer remembers that bit. And Bill remembers Cotton just like yelling at him called like a, like a, a, a string of Cotton calling him fatty. And like, but then you get like Bobby kind of remembering the good times with his granddad. Do you think it would be a better episode than if it was a two-parter? So I think if, if you take this episode and you make it the last two episodes of season 12, 
and you make it a two-parter there where this is how you're going to end the season like you've got a character a main character like you said a, a a figurehead of menace antagonist for most of this show like every time he shows up he is not in a, a good place also i'm going to retract for a second here and just go the last time we saw cotton was not when you thought we did we saw him last when we watched the dusty hill episode that doesn't count i mean, I mean like a real episode <laughs> Not, okay, okay, I got you. Sorry, no, and I, I mean, I was thinking of, like, when he was actually, like, tangential to the, or, you know, like, actually, oh, like, okay. yes. you needed him in the plot, not just tangentially for a th- throwaway gag. Also, I think you and I have decided that the Dusty Hill episode doesn't count. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Um, But no, so if you if you take the, the this, this series, which is known, and known for having really good two-part episodes, um, we've had three of them so far, right? Um, all of them have been solid, if not very fucking good. I'm, I'm talking about you returning Japanese and how much I fucking love you. If you take the death of Cotton and turn it into a two episode finale of the season. Yeah, it does make it better. You get some continuity, some closure with Bobby. He gets to kind of join in on the, Hey, let's go flush the remains down general Patton's toilet. You get to see that progression of we have lost somebody and now we're honoring that somebody. Hank is going to do it in his own way. He's also going to show Bobby how he wants to do it. Bobby's going to do it in his own way, and he's going to show Hank how he should probably be doing it. Like, yeah, no, I think that makes that episode way fucking better if you end up merging them and putting them in the right spot of this season. Like, that's a huge difference there. Because I don't think we're going to see Cotton's remains get flushed this season, right? That that happens in 13? I I don't even know what episode that is. I just remember it, yeah. I can look it up while we're looking here, but it's it's very just fascinating to see. I just um, I'm sorry, dude. You can't kill you can't kill a person and just do it like this. It just happens so quick, and it's no. We are going to have to wait until the fifteenth episode of season thirteen to see this 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 finally play out. Yeah, I'm not into that. Like, yeah. make him. I think you hit it right with this. Should be the. Uh, Last two, yeah, the last two, uh, 12. Yeah, that would make a lot yeah. more sense. And then we can cut out all this stupid Lucky Lynn, Luann bullshit. Maybe keep some of it in, but like... Yeah. Maybe Cotton's not dead yet. Maybe Cotton isn't dead. Well, no, I guess that's the point, but... I, I mean, he dies I at the end the of the first, first part, and yeah. then you do the yeah, yeah. second part, and it's fine. Um, Yeah. You know what I also realized, buddy? What's that? This is the second time I've railed on Jenny McCarthy in this podcast, because at one point, Hank definitely calls out Bobby for wanting to be a Dalmatian or something or something else for Halloween. And then he also brings up Jenny McCarthy. Johnny, that would be episode Halloween. (laughs) Thank you. A Dalmatian? I hate Jenny McCarthy now as much as I did Jenny McCarthy? Yes. So listeners if you've if you've been listening all along and you, you remember that from fuck probably 80 episodes ago i'm still just as mad at jenny mccarthy she's the worst <laughs> dude that was season one did, that was two years ago dog did, did we go through favorite moments already yeah no what was your favorite moment dude i'm sorry i because i totally cut you off to talk about like well what if this was a two-parter uh what, what's your no favorite no no moment? no no it's no it's you're you're totally good buddy um i have three favorite moments here one of them you heard i think off camera here or off off mic here uh ks tojo <laughs> ks tojo get, get. <laughs> the random like p- poor spanish-speaking dude that just gets called a tojo ks tojo 
um, Cotton's response of, how dare you love me? And his blow up at Hank for saying, you love me. Uh, and my last one, and probably the most impactful one, is that Dale blows up Hank's sissy shack in the end. And that makes me really happy because it's exactly what Cotton would have wanted. It's a it's a good ending. Or, 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 yeah, the ending is good. I like the ending. It's... Yes. Other than all the guys are dead from fucking concussion. But yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, buddy, let's get this thing rated because we're already running real long for this episode. Yeah, because you know what? We gave it the fucking effort and gravitas that it needed and did what the Millers couldn't. And <laughs> this was the ending of a fucking character that everybody loves. Yeah. Yeah. And Cotton Hill's problematic. But like, man, RIP, dude. I I almost think that like the Cotton episodes are the ones that sparked the most debate. Out of you and I. I, I, I am reminded of um, Cotton's plot when I spent like, I spent about an hour one morning before I went into work looking at Cotton's war medals, trying to parse out like <laughs> all the things that he yeah. did, you know, little things like that. Like, dude, John, Hitler's canoe. It's, <laughs> man, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really am going to miss Cotton moving forward. And yeah, uh, he hasn't I, really he's... been around, but. No, but he has been known to give us amnesia. <laughs> I hope I don't forget him. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, ratings. What do you got? Uh, so this episode gets a king for me. I have no idea why this got buried in the early parts of season twelve. I'm going to miss Cotton. This every time I watch this episode, it makes me reflect on death on family and what everything means. It means a lot different. This is the first time I've ever watched this episode and being so far away from my own family. So it, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's very strange to sit there and and reflect on the fact that I have one grandparent that is still alive and she is in her late nineties at this point. Um, it's a waiting game at this point and I love her dearly. And I wish, I really wish that she is the, the one it goes on to break like the the record of what 120 years old I think is the the record, yeah. um just because that means I get another fucking 20 years with her because she's about the most incredible person in the entire fucking world and Aww. luckily she's got all of her senses there like she's still so happy and psyched to see me at any point but yeah it this this episode it has a lot of potential to be so much more important and yet it's just buried so it makes me sad. The, and the B the B plot is completely unfucking necessary. I anytime Luann and Lucky are on screen for this episode, I want to turn it off. I want to fast forward it. No, that is no, no, no. Wait, unneeded. No, I like side pro really quick side pro of them shoveling coal to get Santa Claus's heart medicine. No, <laughs> and and tiring. That was pretty good. I like those two bits. <sighs> Like one, cause Buck, cause Buck, uh, uh, wow, almost called him Buck Lucky. Uh, Lucky gets hurt, but that's about it. Bluckly. Bluckly? What about you, buddy? What did you, Bluckly? Uh, what did what did you give this? Um, initially I gave this a charcoal because I was super mad about it. Um, it's not a good episode. It's a character dies. And really, we get a couple little shiny hints of okayness in there. And you and I kind of talked through this. You and I, you kind of talked me through this one. Um, well, I guess this is like the seven stages, 
or the 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 five. This is the Kubler Ross scale, or you know, cycle. Yeah. Like at, at first I was angry, and then I was in denial about this episode, and then I was bargaining, like, well, why couldn't it be a you know two parter? And now it's acceptance. I'm accepting it as a charcoal. This is a bad episode. This is a bad way to kill a character. Um, the okay. bits in here, the bits in here that are good, you and I extrapolated them out. Like, oh yeah. You know, it wasn't like you, you and I watched this and it was like, well, I'm really glad that Hank got to say goodbye to Cotton. It's no, it's, this is a shit episode. This is a shit way to kill a, a character. And I'm going to say a fan favorite because I like him. You like him. I know a lot yeah. of our listeners like Cotton Hill. This is a, they did him dirty and I really don't care for it. Um, the entire B plot minus shuffle coal to give Santa Claus his heart pills and tiring. It's all bad. I hate the, I hate the. Um, you know, we tried being hard. We tried being soft and here's a lighter. Clean your room. I fuck you. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Um, poor Gracie. God, poor Gracie. I know we, I know retrospective rewatch. We don't know about Gracie yet, but God damn poor Gracie. It's cool. She's going to have no parents growing up. It's, it's awesome. They're both dead. Great. Yeah. In the reboot, Bobby Hill gets into CrossFit and he's raising Gracie because Luann and Lucky died racing a train and pretty, pretty truck, truck. That's my theory. But <laughs> Lucky was just so sure he could make it across that train track, but turned out a uh, death picked Lucky. No, this is a charcoal for me. I don't like this episode. I'm not going to watch it again. I'm really mad about this episode. Like um, in our mailbag, uh, people were asking like, well, if you could redo an episode, this one, I would redo this one because yeah. there's some okay-ish, there's some okay-ish like bits in it, but like, also, you know what? Back at the ranch, I'm sorry. Mutual Vomabois, like, kind of crushed that Bobby doesn't need a babysitter. Or maybe it reaffirmed that Bobby needs a babysitter. So, you know what? Never mind. I take it back. But <laughs> just the pre- no, just the premise, dude. Like, we're going to go to this stupid fucking sushi restaurant, and Bobby can't come because he's a kid, and I don't have a babysitter. The boy's 13. Fucking send him to the Gribbles. We're, what's Joseph doing? Connie ain't busy tonight? Like, anything else. I just... Bobby doesn't yeah. get to say goodbye to his gang gang. And I hate that. I'm mad. Oh, I'm mad. Johnny, say anything else. <laughs> oh. Guys, I, I think at the at the risk of us just getting even more mad, we're going to have to get out of here for the evening. Join us in part uh, before... two when Mark and Johnny sit down and rewrite this episode. <laughs> shot for <laughs> shot. Um. But before we end up leaving, we wanna we wanna thank you all for listening. Uh, Mark, I have that ever important question to ask you, and that is, do you still like King of the Hill? This episode notwithstanding, I would say most of the time, yes, I still really enjoy King of the Hill. You know what? You know, okay. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm, sorry, I'm just gonna go back and keep beating a horse that died two episodes ago. Um, like I know that sometimes you and I get down, especially me, more so than you about like you just like King of the Hill. Um, and like, sometimes you come out of a deal with like a bad taste in your mouth. This one leaves the worst taste in my mouth. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is a, probably one of the lowest points of this show. And I hate him. They did cotton so dirty. He deserves. I understand what a terrible person cotton is and all that shit. But like at the same time, dude. It deserves so much more than it got, and I really hate how they did it. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I still like it most of the damn time, but, God, I'm I'm upset. This week, we're but... enemies. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are enemies now. Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Uh, This week, notwithstanding, yeah, I still, I still love King of the Hill. This is a rough one. 
This is a, a rough representation of this show. I'm glad, though. I'm glad that you and I kind of come down on the same side. Not that I like it when we agree, because that's not it. But, like, you and I can come down and agree that this is a really rough episode. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. I just. Millers? Dude, you are our new Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Millers. Fucking Millers. I'm coming for your ass, Judah. Um, shit, I don't know. Let's get out of here. You want to tell those good people where they can find us, buddy? I'd absolutely love to. Guys, if you want to reach out to the Dang Old Podcast, you can always find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that stuff. We are at Dang Old Podcast. If you're into uh, email and all that sort of fun stuff, we are dangoldpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to me personally at Krautball on Instagram. I am Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball. Mark, where can these lovely people find you? Oh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, or you can find me on our two sister podcasts, the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, where me and all the members of the High Hammock family, we get together and we fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge, or just watch movies that we really, really enjoyed, um, and just talk about that super important question of, when is the appropriate time to show this to my kids? This episode, I will not be showing to my kids. I'm just going to say that Cotton rode off into the sunset on that white horse that he showed up in in the first episode, and he's still probably <laughs> alive out there somewhere. He had to go back to his home planet. My people need me now. Goodbye. And he floats away. <laughs> yes. Um, or you can find me on the Two Wizards podcast, the original flagship podcast of the High Hammock Radio family, where me and my buddy Josh stare into that void so you don't have to. Yeah, I don't know. Thanks for being here. I'm sorry I got so upset. Johnny, thank you for putting up with me. I guess to quote Linda Belcher, thank you for being there. Thank you for loving me. The whole world's thanking. Everybody's thanking me for thanking you for listening to the Dangle Podcast. Let's kill the turkey, buddy. Guys, thanks for listening to us. This was an emotional episode. Uh, Johnny had a little bit too much to drink, so hopefully my rail on, um, on specific blonde assholes didn't deter you too much, but... We appreciate you listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Just because she's hot does not mean that she's right. We love you guys. 